Hello everyone and welcome to the new episode of UX Banter podcast. This podcast is presented by Galaxy UX Studio and powered by Galaxy Weblinks. Vasudev Kutumbakam is a phrase in Sanskrit that means the world is one family. Our guest of today's episode is a firm believer of the same. He co-founded ADP List with a vision to inspire powerful conversations and collaborations among members of the design community worldwide to change the world together with creativity. He is an engineer, ex-army man, design lead and an entrepreneur who believes in constantly reinventing the way we experience and communicate with the world. Please welcome the co-founder of ADP List, Mr. Felix Lee. Thank you so much Gushan for having me here. It's a pleasure sir to you know uh, having you on board and uh, I was really uh, apprehensive about whether or not to first approach you and then whether you will join us and you know I can just tell you that how happy I am to you know just having this face to face conversation uh, with you. Thank you. Um, so Thank I you. I believe this uh, goes on to the roots of the entire mentorship platform. I mean, that is the purpose of it, right? That, you know, you get to speak with people who are leaders in the industry and getting the opportunity to be able to speak with one another. Yep. You know, I, I think it's, it's, it's exciting to be able to, to do this uh, on, on a day-to-day basis these days. So if we start the conversation, you know, your short to fame is ADP list, the, the way that it has become the, the biggest of the uh, community uh, brands in, in the design industry. So what is the story behind ADP list? You know, I, I think, you know, when we think about ADP list, um, it was really started during the pandemic where, you know, um, people were getting laid off from jobs and, uh, you know, people were just looking for jobs. And, you know, we started off as a very humble Google Excel spreadsheet online, right? Where, you know, you just put your names inside and that's it. And we started with barely 30 mentors, barely 200 mentees um, about a year ago. Um, and it was mainly in, 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 you know, in Singapore and the US, uh, you know, where I'm based at. Um, you know, but today truly it has it has grown so global. You know, today ADP is on a mission to democratize mentorship and to bring mentorship access to the world. Uh, with over six thousand mentors from ninety different countries, wow, um, and so many mentees. <laughs> you know, uh, so many mentees from everywhere, from you know US to Canada to to India, which is our second largest you know uh, um, uh, community. Um, I'm truly excited. You know uh, that. The story has evolved itself from just wanting to help people to really, truly, you know, connecting people to share knowledge with each other. I think it's it's an incredible, uh, you know, uh, uh, adventure that, that we're all going on together with, you know, mentors like yourself and everyone, uh, you know, that's just watching this thing unfold is just truly magical. Absolutely. And one of the things or anecdote that, you know, I always think about whenever I think about ADP list is so far, India has been in the soft power for quite some time. I mean, we do develop a lot of software and the engineers come out, but the designers in India, they never actually get there, do you? Because design generally happens either in Silicon Valley, and then we just have to follow the, the everything that has been, you know, used there. Because for UX to happen, you have to have the user's present there and since the target markets are generally uh, US or UK or generally West in, 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 in general. So having to have that practice run or 
the seat at the table, if you say, was quite hard to get by. And with EDPLS yeah. getting that opportunity to, you know, connect with the world and saying that we are not just the followers, but we do understand the community. As people started to communicate with the designers across the world, it turns out that we are not far off. We are, we are in the same boat, basically. Yep, 100%. You know, like when, when you think about, you know, when you think about the world in totality, you know, we're so much alike than we are different, you know, in the things we do, in the way we do things, in the way we speak. And, you know, the reason why AD Please is so global today is because, you know, like I'm from Singapore, I'm now in the US and you're in India. Like we're able to communicate, you know, there's no, there's no barrier at all, essentially. And, um, you know, you know, we have been able to been fortunate to make that happen on a, such a global scale. You're able to see that it transcends culture, transcends background, transcends language, you know, transcends what you do. And I think it's truly, truly a community by itself. Great. So I'm going to ask one question that not many are aware that you were in the army that I started the conversation or in the introduction, I said, so from an army man to a designer and from a designer to a successful entrepreneur with this startup. I mean, how the journey has been, I mean, it's like 360 transformation from where somebody started and where somebody is. How is that? How does that feel? What is the view from the top? Yeah, thank you. You know, um, I, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still a little bit of weight uh, to the top and, and I'm working my best every day. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, in the army, I enlisted into the army in 20, uh, in the late of 2018. So, um, you know, after my high school days, you know, I went to the army um, for two years. I, I spent my time there. And, you know, back then, I think I was 20 years old. Um, and so it was incredible, you know, um, you know, coming from a background where you are just you know trying to create things and then now you know army it's a totally sh shift of shift of environment for me as you imagine because you know in the army you have you have to follow rules you know you you have to follow uh strict routines you have to be disciplined you have to be you know taking care of your friends so on and so forth and you know in army i i, I went through a lot of tough things you know um i was a very different um, you know, I was a very different individual in the army, and and what I meant was that you know a lot of a lot of people in the army, um, uh, you know, after the army they they wanted to go study college, you know, so on and so forth. And for me, I just wanted to do amazing things. I just wanted to be able to do some some amazing work for the world. You know, I didn't care much about 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 you know uh, sort of like those so those social uh, you know uh, requirements in a sense. And so. For me, I had a tough time in army because you know uh, I was so different from everyone else, and you know I spent my weekends, you know, uh, uh, working on side projects while people go for parties, you know, um, and uh, you know obviously during the days, uh, you know, on the weekdays, you know, you spend your time training in army. Um, I think it taught me a lot about discipline. It taught me a lot about self management, you know, time management, um, you know, when. It's it's extremely rough, you know, when when you have five days of training and then mm -hmm. you have you have the weekends to yourself and and you got to ask yourself, you know, what do I want to do on this weekend? And for me, in the two years of army, I only had one very focused goal was that I wanted to be the best designer that I could be in these two years. So every weekend, I was gonna go out there. I was gonna talk to people. I was gonna get mentored by people. I was gonna you know, uh, learn how to design even more. I was going to work on projects. I, I was so focused uh, these two years on just getting my design skills, my design sense up. 
and it was incredible because you know I was able to do that and uh, I, I got jobs and um, you know thereafter I, I I was you know sort of like uh, invited to, to join a startup um, you know as one of their founding designers so um, for me it was it was an incredible journey um, we met two years into in, into the founding designer of uh, Go Trade uh, today they are like they are like the Robin Hood of uh, Southeast Asia, right? Um, and uh, I left that company and I started, uh, you know, ADP list. So I would say that it's been quite a sort of like fascinating journey coming from a, you know, totally different background uh, to being a founder. Uh, I think that's, that's actually what makes me, you know, human. That's what makes me, I think, uh, so different is just the, the world that I've seen on, on the other side. Yeah. Absolutely. Because life experiences are combined together when we are putting into action that is something that brings the 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 character of people whenever we go through some different experiences which are quite different from from the other side of the angle they are definitely going to work out um so when we say that that journey path i mean it is it wasn't i i don't think that you just woke up one morning and said i want to do this thing and that thing so of course there must be somebody or somebody mentoring you in those days or you know up till this path do you think that you you had mentors, good mentors, who actually uh, guided you to the path? Yeah, you know, I think that's a great question. I think a lot of my mentors are very indirect. You know, um, you know, to to sort of like inspire me, they are very indirect. Uh, you know, I look at you know um, people like you know, let's say Steve Jobs, right? Like he's one of my earliest. You know, I think a lot of people use Steve Jobs, but I'm still going to use it anyway because it's the true story that. You know, I was, I was, you know, I was so deeply inspired by the way he looked at the world. Um, and, you know, I think Steve was one of them. And then we look at, you know, we look at um, things like, uh, uh, I mean, uh, you know, things like how Apple's, Apple is being built today as a company. Um, it's just, it's just on a whole new, de- on, 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 on a different level. So for me, you know, Steve was such an inspiration to me because of the way he lived his life. Um, the other the other sort of like you know um uh the other sort of like inspiration that i have is actually the founding prime minister of singapore um uh i'm not sure if 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 you know uh you know him his name is lee kuan yu um you know he he founded singapore in 1965 and you know back then singapore is like a thing of it like a tier tier three village in india it's like you know that's all you have and you know he saw and he led the development of Singapore from a small startup, you know, that being said, like a small startup to a huge country that represents so many ASEAN countries around the world today. And he did it in one lifetime. And, and, I, and, and you would struggle to find, you would struggle to find anyone who has founded a country a country, not a not a company, but a country, and be able to see a country thrive in your lifetime sure. is extremely extremely rare. And so, for me, you know, that was done within fifty years. You know, less than that probably. And you know, from a third world to the thriving first world today, it was done less than thirty years. And for me, it was like that represented a very significant sort of like leadership uh, qualities, uh, vision. You know, like a visionary. Um, that I think I, uh, you know, extremely admire, you know, um, it's, you know, if people don't know him, they should go and read it because it's, you know, I think Singaporeans like myself, like we know that he's smart. We know that he's extremely, extremely great. But I think that 
we don't understand exactly how great is this greatness because it's it's unthinkable sometimes you know right. it's absolutely it's rare yeah so yeah that, these two are my greatest inspiration that's true political willpower actually is required to make the change if you want to otherwise you can just you know leave the country as it is and you can go years and nothing happens and uh, those things are true i mean it is great to have those mindset of change to bring the better of the community the bring the betterment of the country or the field that you are working with they 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 have to be uh, achieved with you know constant persistent that actually uh, follows one individual so one question which i have which is i i don't think that if anybody has asked you so we do understand that what was the idea how adp list is was supposed to uh, form the way it is uh, are there any surprises along the way that you discovered that oh this thing i didn't expect to happen but it has happened as a happy surprise so are there any things for you that you know really surprising in the end i think the surprises that comes along the way is is truly how fundamentally good majority of the human being can be um and in fact you know most human beings can can actually be um you know when you think about you know mentors like yourself who is willing to you know set up 30 minutes time each week to meet people you know you deserve to call yourself a mentor because you are willing to have 30 minutes i mean 30 minutes is not a lot per week and you are willing to have that 30 minutes with someone and i think that is something that i would say surprises me i would say like it it truly showed me like like how big this can be you know um uh and you know it it is not just happening in india right it's not just happening in singapore it is happening in the us as well where you have mentors like that and it's and it's incredible to see to watch it unfold um you know that's one of the things that surprises me in a way uh, the other one you know i think it's how uh, you know it relates to the first one is how ready people are, are to contribute to a mission that is bigger than themselves you know um adp list wouldn't be here today without the earliest people who had believed in us and um and wanted to continue and want to continue to help us and some of them do it on a on a voluntary basis you know they do it on a voluntary basis and for me um you know it, you 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 kind of got to be be extremely grateful for that you know it's you know it's done uh, out of their time and out of their good will and they want to be able to pay it forward to community so that's something that i never expect because you know in in singapore whenever you do something you expect to be paid uh you <laughs> as well um um so i think when people come in here and say hey felix can i volunteer to be a designer for you can i volunteer to be a sort of like programmer you know you see like wow this is something different so i think that's very you know that's very refreshing um i think these are these are that that surprises me the rest i think are just lessons that i have to learn you know along the way so they're not they 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 are no uh, big surprises uh, just yet but i think humans are always surprising uh, each other yeah good. so trust humans and you will get the best out of them the humanity is there so let me tell you just one small anecdote about yeah. you know when i joined adpls the idea was that i will share some ideas if i can mentor people and uh, i started getting bookings in the first weeks and uh, it was going okay because i think when you do first couple of sessions you realize that most of these questions are common the format generally well not always but there is a format to it there is a pattern in which people you know have those troubles and questions so i finally compiled a document and i share it with each of my mentees that here are the things you should follow uh, as a common share that i give it to them because generally they come for portfolio reviews cv reviews and all that 
So I was having this conversation with my boss about that. How do we grow the studio that we have? So as a part of Galaxy Weblings, we said we need to set up an entire UX design studio and how to grow. And I'm like, I have no idea because this is something that I haven't done. And in India, this is a big deal to, you know, set up an entire auxiliary unit. So I said, wait a second. I know somebody might come to help. So I went to ADP list and became a mentee there. And I booked a couple of people. And surprisingly, when they actually started talking about what the brand of a studio should be, how, uh, what are the characteristics that you should follow? And uh, if you can, you know, just set the vision, tell everybody what you're doing and then get on with it. And do you have, you should have a mission and a vision and all that. I said, I knew all that, but why did I try it ever? So I did that after a couple of months, then I went back to the same uh, mentors and I uh, thanked them. And then they said that your goals are still very audacious, hairy goals, the big goals that you have made. Now, here are the four things that you can do to even uh, get even better. And to tell you the truth, I started with 20 people uh, at the beginning of COVID when the team was, and now the team is about 70 professionals. And <laughs> the way the whole thing has turned out is, is just mind blowing. I mean, just, you know, getting the idea and here is a success story that I can tell you. And that is why the, one of the reasons that we are really excited that this conversation having with you means a lot uh, to me personally. Yeah. Okay. With that, I have uh, some fun questions to ask. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm already, I'm already for that. <laughs> okay. So in our UX banter podcast, here's the first question for you, which is your favorite holiday destination. Well, um, Thailand. Thailand. Okay. Thailand. Yeah. One person dead or alive, you would like to grab a drink with. Uh, Lee Kuan Yew. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite TV show of all time. Oh man, this is tough. Uh, I would say it's Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> great that, answer. Is, that, is a, that, that is a classic. I I I love Pokemon. So yeah, I would have said Doraemon or Shin Chan. <laughs> or the Japanese filmed. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, but to think about it, Ducktales would have you know been in the in the zone somewhere. Okay. Exactly. So one day in your life, you would like to relive. Oh. Um, I like to, I want to, oh, this is a good question. Um, I want to relieve the, the day where I was, uh, you know, I represented, uh, Singapore to compete, uh, internationally, uh, for sports. Mm-hmm. So I was in a speed skating, I was in the speed skating, um, sort of like a team for team Singapore. So I represented Singapore for sports nice. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you know, this, I, this is another aspect of you that we didn't know, and uh, yeah, yeah. This is another aspect. yeah. So, so I, I would, I would want to, I would want to stand at the starting line again. I think Great. that adrenaline when you feel the crowd, the starting line, and the judges calling your name, <laughs> and when you're about to compete for your country, I think that is irreplaceable. So I, I, I want to do that again. Ladies and gentlemen, please note that Mr. Felix Lee has another side of him, which is an international sports person. And yeah. that should come to uh, as no surprise that with all the things that he has achieved, the <laughs> only thing which is remaining is if he has starred in any uh, movies. He's in he's in US, so Hollywood, watch out. <laughs> another <laughs> Hollywood should, 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 should watch out, yes. 
on the flight would you prefer to sit oh, on yeah, the window side or... um oh no i would say oh man this is a <laughs> this is a freaking tough one uh, i would say i would say um uh wait if i was younger i would say window but for now i would say else for the sake of <laughs> for the sake of convenience okay and one book that you really uh, you know like which has big influence on you i think there is this book that i always immediately thought of is called to pixar and beyond um it's about it's about the first cfo of pixar writing his experience about the early days of pixar working with steve jobs and the pixar team as well um it's extremely sort of like uh different and a humbling perspective um just learning about you know how uh, pixar it came to be so um i think that's that's the part where i think there's a book that i think everyone should read highly recommend it. nice one to pixar and beyond that yep, uh, i'll that. definitely you know order it um, as soon after this one and should yeah, try and cover in the coming podcasts yes. um so what is your favorite phone app oh um my favorite phone app these days seems to be the notes because um <laughs> because every time i have a conversation with someone i would i would uh I would somehow find inspiration out of the conversation and I would write it in my notes so I think notes is a good one. Books or movies? Movies. <laughs> okay, and the last question uh, for this section is that if you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? Uh I've never thought of that actually. I think I would say that uh time travel I think would be a good one. Time travel. So you're able to travel in the past or in the future? I think traveling back to the past is 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 kind of my thing. Um not because not because I I I I want to think about the past, but I think it's fascinating to understand how and why things come to be mm-hmm. and then you understand that. And I think there's always a quote that goes that history always repeats itself. And if you don't understand history, you don't understand the future. So for me i think history is always extremely important so in one of your articles about the ux fallacy uh, you mentioned something that i can quote which is it's not all design can you tell us more about that yeah 100% is not all design i think you know um i think the fallacy of ux is that people tend to think that it solves problem through good experience and usability i think you know um and i think that's a problem right uh we have a lot of uh people who can who can do the work but not a lot of people who can think and it's a rare commodity these days um you know you always kind of got to start from the problem to work backwards and working into the experience and then the technology i think sometimes people have that mixed up you know they some people start from the technology and 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 they think like you know i want to do blockchain then i work backwards from there but it's not you know you got to start from the problem and for me the reason why i said design doesn't solve everything um in a way is because you know if you don't understand the most fundamental problem about 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 what you're solving essentially it's just just going to be a design um if you look at the first version of adp list is the is the best example of this statement um you know we started as a excel spreadsheet right so it's, it's a google spreadsheet what what design is there there's no design you know this is is there's no typical ui design or whatever you know it's not it's not that design um but it solves the problem and we understood the problem that you were solving and so for me is that you know design is much more about understanding 
the world uh, in, in, in many different complexities uh, as compared to just you know, uh, trying to design like an app or, or something. I think um, uh, that's the beautiful part about design. And I, and I often say that I don't just design like UI, UX or whatever. Like, you know, sometimes I would design home, sometimes I would design sofa, you know, I would draw and I would design certain things because, you know, all these are the part of design. You're solving a problem. So um, I, I think, you know, design in itself is not so much about, you know, what you think it is, but rather what problem are you actually trying to solve, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that is so valuable. Sometimes it doesn't even require design. Right. Extremely well put. I mean, you know, this is uh, something which is going to be the takeaway from this session. Anybody who is going to listen to this podcast, I think this is where we hit the meat, actually. <laughs> oh, awesome. You are, you are all for data-driven designs. That is something that you, you, you're all for that. So uh, can, you, can you just tell us the importance that how does it, you know, play the, plays the bigger role in coming up with the end solution? Yeah, I think, you know, I think, you know, as a lot of designers that I've met, you know, kind of like to think that design and design and, um, and uh, you know, design and let's say, um, uh, design and data or design and business is two different things. Um, or some people like to think that, oh, if I'm serving my users, I cannot benefit the business. Or if I benefit the business, I cannot benefit the users. I think it's a flawed thinking. Um, you're hired by the business to, 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 to design for the business. Um, the moment you start thinking that, oh, like, you know, uh, you know, everything is just for the users. I think, um, that's one of the common traps that I think people fall into, which is, uh, wishful thinking, right? <laughs> um, uh, people like to fall into that trap, uh, like, like what Elon Musk has said. Um, and I think the, it's, it's, it's really true in that way because, you know, when you think about data itself, it actually gives you the direction of where your design can be. Um, um, you know, one of the things is that, you know, a lot of designers, they don't like working with data. I say that the best designers spend 70 to 80% of their time on, on, on data, and then they design the rest of the 30 to 20 to 30%. The reason why I say that is because they look at the data and they say, okay, the company goal is to maybe get more users to check out something, like check out on the e-commerce store. Now, it seems like the users are not checking out as much. What is the reason? I look at the data and I see, hmm, okay, it's not checking out as much. And I see that the data shows that there is what, a part of the user flow that is broken. Right. Or like people are dropping off specifically. And mm -hmm. so then that data guides me to, guides me to go and talk to the users and say, hey, I saw that there's a, you know, like I look at the data and whatever, but you don't tell them and you say, oh, what's happening here, right? And you're trying to understand. And then you design for an improvement and iteration for that. Then you launch out the product again. And if you look at this very simple example, first of all, you're benefiting the business, right? Second of all, you're going to benefit the users because they are stuck at some point of the process. You're helping them make it easier. Now. And if you think about the whole process that I just talked about, it didn't start off with like, I want to design something. It started off with data. It started off with simply looking at the data. And my point is that, you know, there's so many designers that don't start there. They start somewhere in the, in the, in the way back bottom end of that. 
and then after that when they design then they look at the data which is not the way that you want to do it you should let data first give you some signs and hints about what's going on and then right. you you talk to your users and then you then design for something design is always the last thing so i spend so many time just looking at excel sheets and talking to people just because it's you know it guides you to the way you want to build a certain product so in general if you if you think about it what you said makes total sense if you just put it with you know if i have to put another pain to it that is like designer's rule from the point when we were asked to design a mock up or something it has changed completely we come to the design at the very end but looking at the data and the requirement the business analysis side of it understanding what the screen is actually doing and you know when you are clicking on something what happens the before the use cases everything has to be understood before yeah. anybody touches the computer so that has that has actually added a lot of responsibility on anybody who is uh, sitting in the designer's chair a lot of context awareness is required a lot of understanding of the business side is also needed we can't just blindly walk into the room and say yeah here is a design just like it or not but that also benefits us in in another context that now we can say that the seat at the table is not that high we can actually claim that we are here to stay last question and before we are going to call it a show which is uh, about diversity uh, you are uh, in 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 san francisco right now yeah i'm in san francisco right now yes okay so in san francisco there is a lot of uh, you know the the, the uh, diversity in the mix as well there is you know very happening chinatown i love that place and uh, also there are uh, companies where male female black they all come together to do this amazing uh, innovative software designing and development and all the other creative industry are based out of it so the same thing is with adp list you have like what 60% female staff 40% of other you know the individuals which are uh, which are there and i think it is important to have a company that sort of an outlook when they're actually growing so in, in terms of user experience design how much of an exposure uh, as you were talking about in the beginning that because of the military you got a different perspective to things how much diversity plays a bigger role in you being the best designer out there or your agency or company leveraging uh that responsibility and inclusiveness to become better yeah for sure you know i think you know we when when we think about um you know when uh when when we think about sort of like diversity i think diversity is something that you know um i was actually quite confused in the earliest days of my career to be honest with you you know uh, i was thinking like you know um why the need to have like diversity when when you know when you can just hire the best people um you know the best people sometimes is not diverse right i mean sometimes it might be just all chinese sometimes it might be all indian sometimes it might be all you know american so and so forth and and then later then i realized that you know when you want a diversity it's not much of like you know just getting the best people but being intentional about first of all opportunities that are given um second of all is about the perspective that you bring inside you know today you know adfis is so global because our our team is so global you know you have people in the us you have folks in india um i'd love to invite some you know some of you all of you in fact to our india meet up very soon like we are throwing a event in india but i'll tell you more about that um but you know like diversity from india you know us singapore 
Australia, so and so forth, into ADPs, Africa as well. Mm-hmm. When you get that, you don't just get a diversity of like cultures and and you know so on and so forth and like genders as well, but you get a diversity of perspective. And I think that you know it's always healthy to have that perspective challenged. And you say that hey, look, I think we should do it this way. And someone comes in and said, no, I don't think we should do it this way. Maybe I can, we can do it the other way. Or someone comes in and said, yeah, I agree with you. I think we should do it this way. And and it's powerful because if your views can actually transcend and convince a very broad perspective of grower people, it's very likely that your product is able to serve the world. And for me, I felt like that is a good representation of ADP list today. You know, is that because it's so diverse, you're able to serve people of so many different backgrounds. That's great to hear. Uh, and I'm all for the inclusiveness, the way that you've explained to it. Again, it goes back to the point that having different life perspectives, understanding the, the problem from a different angle, different set of glasses that you can actually now judge the problem because somebody is representing in the same room. And if we give the seat at the table, that is the inclusive design in the end, whatever you are creating, it has uh, included not it is it not just benefits the individuals, but the businesses as well. I mean, in India, there was a great mistrust about e-commerce products at the beginning of time. So it turned out that they decided that how do people do mail order here? And there is a thing called VPP um, on which you can order something in postal service. So the order would come and you need to get that parcel. You need to pay to the post office and you get the, get the parcel. So what Indian e-commerce back in the day in 2002 and three, they started off was a thing called uh, cash on delivery or COD in short. And whenever I tried to explain people in UK or US, they didn't understand what cash on delivery model was. And trust me, to this day, when Amazon decided to come to India uh, about five, six years ago, and they have to adopt to that model. Now, imagine ordering something on Amazon and delivering only when you open the product, you are satisfied with it, and then you are actually handing the money. Yeah. Yeah, that's the the cultural side of it that you have to understand that the, how the market actually behaves. Unless you understand that, you, you can't survive. You, you're not going to win if you are just you know blindly applying the international models to every single market. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think when you when you look at the world in a way that, you know, for the way that it is, I think it's extremely powerful. Just because you know, um, you get the perspective of so many different, um, you know, uh, uh, parts of the world, and and you kind of, in a way, like, piece the puzzle together, and I think it's it's actually very beautiful if you can see it. You know, I think. Um, you know, when you're able to connect the dots, it's extremely, extremely magical and beautiful. It's, it, it blows my mind sometimes when you see it. Yeah, it does. Definitely. So what are the plans for the India visit? I've been following the Slack channel and everybody yeah. is talking about it. And I'm really excited yeah. that that is going to happen. So have you charged out yes. any dates for it? Yeah, you know, we, we are planning something in San Francisco right now. I mean, while I'm here, um, you know, uh, but the 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 one in the in 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 India, I believe in Bangalore and uh, probably uh, Bangalore would be the first one. Uh, we are going to have like sort of like a larger event scale type where we you know um, uh, gather not just mentors but peop- uh, the friends of mentors or even mentees as well um, can come by. So it's going to be a huge one. It's going to be a huge sort of like 
uh, event by itself. It's not even a meetup. I would say it's a, it's a gonna be an event of sorts. So, um, you know, just stay tuned and see. Yeah, there's no timeline, but I think we can expect it to be, you know, middle of this year in maybe in June or, 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 or July. It's gonna be nice. It can be a conference style uh, arrangement where we can actually gather together, have some talks and speakers and all that. I would I love know. to, uh, you know, participate and you know anything that happens. I will keep an eye out in the Slack group and I'll get connected with the India reps. And hopefully yep. that when those things happen, uh, Galaxy would like to play a bigger role uh, in the mix of things. <laughs> yep. yes, please, you know, let's let's do it. Absolutely. So, Felix, thank you very much for uh, being uh, a sport and joining us in the small talk that we you know, wanted to have this conversation for you with. Um, and I remember that you posted something on LinkedIn that your primary goal now is to start learning to say no to things. And that had me really worried that what happens if he just says, I don't want to do it. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, like, you know, like I say, I, I think saying no is much more of like things like, oh, do you want to join this? Do you want to join like uh, this company or like, do you want to work on this new thing? I think these are those things. But, you know, I'm always saying yes to giving forward. You know, I'm always saying yes to giving back. I think this is what my dad has taught me. Um, this is what I want to teach the world as well. And so for me, you know, giving back to the community is always like a yes for me. So, yeah, I'm glad to be here today. <laughs> and we are glad and absolutely delighted to have you as our guest so uh, with that uh, that comes to the conclusion of this episode thank you very much once again for joining us and folks uh, stay tuned in the short period of time each week we are going to come back with um, another guest on this talk which would be you know they have very large shoes to fill in because with great Mr. Felix Lee as our first guest uh, that is a very long path or road ahead where we are going to walk so thank you and have a great day ahead. Bye.